Worship is the expression of those who have been received through the merciful provision of Jesus as Savior. He is the Bread of Life. Bread of Life is sponsored by the Bread of Life Fellowship of Boise, Idaho. You can contact us by calling us at 208-331-4096. That number again is 208-331-4096. Join us now for the Bread of Life. Here's Joel Van Hoogen. You'll hear this quote in just a few moments. Our longing for our children is a picture that we are made in the image of a God who longs over us. That longing of God is found in the smallest word that is heard from his own mouth. It's the word, oh. It's that spirit of solicitude that's found in the heart of a mother. There's actually a song I want to share with you. It's, it's found in Fernando Ortega's album, This Bright Hour, and the song is called Anita's Song. And it's an expression of the solicitude and the solicitous desire of a mother. The words go like this. She tells you how her canyon walks can ease a mother's fear. The trails and big groves comfort her. She feels close to God out there. But that's just how she makes it through. She's given up a lot inside. And even in those spreading trees, she still breaks down and cries. She's praying again her daughter will land with both feet on the ground. Nobody knows which way she'll go or if she'll ever come around. Maybe this time she'll finally find the pieces that have come apart and there'll be no more breaking, no more breaking either heart. She carries around a photograph of her beautiful cultish girl, a big white shirt, her head tossed back, a free spirit in this world. You want to forget all that she's done and all she's compromised. You can close your eyes and believe that now she's the same girl in disguise. She's praying again her daughter will land with both feet on the ground. Nobody knows which way she'll go or if she'll ever come around. Maybe this time she'll finally find the pieces that have come apart and there'll be no more breaking, no more breaking either heart. Her mother's heart, wide as the sea, would rock her back on a rising tide. She cradles the memory, then lets it go. She has to leave her girl behind. She's praying again. Her daughter will land with both feet on the ground. Nobody knows which way she'll go or if she'll ever come around. Maybe this time she'll finally find the pieces that have come apart. And there'll be no more breaking. No more breaking either, heart. Our longing for our children is a picture that we are made in the image of a God who longs over us. He is full of solicitous desires for us. Actually, let me read to you just four passages and listen to the O of God as God longs for and wishes the best for His people. Psalm 81, verses 13 through 16. Psalm 81, verses 13 through 16. O oh, that my people would listen to me that Israel would walk in my ways. I would quickly subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their adversaries. Those who hate the Lord would pretend to obedience to Him, and their time of punishment would be forever. But I would feed you with the finest of wheat and with honey from the rock. I would satisfy you. Isaiah 48, verses 18 and 19. Oh, that you had heeded my commandments. 
Then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Your descendants also would have been like the sand and the offspring of your body like the grains of sand. His name would not have been cut off nor destroyed from before me. Jeremiah 44, 4. God is speaking, how be it. I sent unto you all my servants, the prophets, rising early and sending them, saying, Oh, do not do this abominable thing that I hate. Oh, don't do it. Matthew 23, verse 37. The Lord Jesus is entering to Jerusalem. The people are coming out and thronging him with praises. As he's entering to Jerusalem, the Lord Jesus says these words. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that kills the prophets and stones them that are sent to thee, how often I would have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, for I say to you, you will not see me from here forth until you say, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Parents, have you ever thought that your children will never fully know how much you love them and how much you long for and desire that they would be blessed in life? They thought you were just a killjoy at times. You were just trying to ruin all their avenues of enjoyment and pleasure and you were longing for their blessing. Do you think that you could ever comprehend or understand all that is in the heart of God when he says, oh, oh, over you. That you could calculate how deep and how wide is his desire to bless you, to bless you. God is so good. God is so good. Here's a second thing you can see in the O of God, and it's this. The O of God is an expression of his divine love. This solicitous desire springs from his love for you. God's desire for us is not based on anything that he has invested in us. This is not God, as we've said, it's not a wish that he has because he's invested money or time or resources or effort. It's not even an expression that he has his reputation at stake in your success or your well-being or in your good behavior. And so he's just trying to protect his reputation. I'm actually very thankful that my father was a pastor and a pastor who never gave his children the feeling that he wanted us to behave in any way in order to better reflect upon his pastorate. You know, you better wise up because people are watching you and they're going to judge me based on how you... No, he never, he never did it once. I never felt at any point in time in which there was pressure on me to behave so that I would make him look better as a pastor. In fact, there were times in which I'm sure that was suggested to him more than once. It's been suggested to us as parents as well, more than once, that our children could maybe do certain things differently and it would reflect better on us. God is not concerned about securing his reputation. God is not concerned that your failure to follow what it is he wants you to do will diminish any 
iota of glory that he is going to receive. This is something you need to understand. We read a lot about giving glory to God and honoring God. And I want you to know that God's glory is never threatened. He is going to get and he gets all the glory that is his. He never loses it. It never falls off from him. God's glory is never threatened. He's not eager for obedience because he's concerned that he might lose one iota of the expression and the fullness of his glory. He is eager for us because he wants us to experience all of that glory in our own lives. He doesn't lose it. We lose it. He gets all the glory. It's all his. It surrounds his throne. He is hailed by incessantly day and night by angels that repeat over and over again the expressions of His glory. When God is jealous for His glory, it's not because He's afraid He's losing anything, it's because He's afraid we'll lose something. He wants to bless us with Himself. God knows that He is the one thing that is good for everything and for all. And when God seeks glory, it's not to gain anything for Himself. When He seeks to be glorified, it's so that we may further enjoy Him And others may as well. It's all of love. This is because He loves us. Deuteronomy 10 verses 12 through 15 expresses this desire that God has for the nation of Israel. And it reveals to us that all that God desires out of the nation of Israel is not because God is concerned about something He is going to lose, but it's an expression of His love. It's something that God has desire for because of His love for the people of Israel. Deuteronomy 10 verses 12 through 15. Listen. And now Israel... What does the Lord your God require of you but the fear of the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways and to love Him and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and to keep the commandments of the Lord and His statutes which I command you today for your good, for your good. Indeed, heaven and the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God. In other words, God says, I have all that I need. I've got it all. Also the earth with all that is in it. It's all mine. I can't lose anything. There's nothing for me to lose. The Lord delighted only in your fathers to love them. To love them. And He chose their descendants after them, you above all people as it is this day. I don't think there's anyone here that would say that God doesn't love them, but sometimes we act as though we don't really believe it. We say things like, you know, God won't mind. We say we make these little things to ourselves. It's just a little thing. God doesn't really care. This isn't important to God. This is not a thing that should concern Him. And we don't understand that God broods over our lives with a loving desire to make Himself known to us at every juncture point and every decision and to reveal to us at the end of all these things and all of our decisions He calculates the way in which He will bring us into the fullness of Himself and the revelation of Himself and the blessing of Himself upon our lives. And so it all matters to Him. It all matters to Him because He loves us. And it's expressed in this, oh, oh, that they had a heart in them to obey me always and keep my commandments. Here's a third thing. This oh is an expression of a divine rule. And it's one that you need to understand. It's an expression of a divine rule. Listen. Our blessing from God depends upon our drawing near to God. It comes to us, when we're blessed by God, it comes to us as we approximate ourselves to God. That is, as we put ourselves next to God. You can't live in opposition to the blesser and be blessed. Obedience to the commands of God is nothing more or less 
than us practically drawing near to God in our actions, in our attitudes. If you were to look at the Ten Commandments, you would find out the Ten Commandments are also at every point an expression of something of the character and attribute of God. And what God is actually doing in the Ten Commandments is He's inviting us to walk near to Him in how we live. When the Lord Jesus came and lived a sinless life and he followed all the Ten Commandments perfectly, it wasn't because he was trying to follow laws. It was because he was following out in his human nature the very essence of all God was. He was living out God's nature. And as he lived out God's nature, guess what? It was consistent with God's laws. He didn't have to say, now what was that command again? He was just doing what God would do if God came in the flesh. And the commandments are God's invitation for us to draw near to Him and to approximate our lives to Him. Again, I can go back to being a parent with children. There's a time when your children will no longer want to approximate their lives. So they want to differentiate their lives from you. And it's okay. It's a part of their development. It's kind of important. But boy, what a thrill it was when there was that time when they wanted to approximate their lives to you, when they wanted to mimic you and follow you and learn how you did things and they wanted to dress like you and stand next to you and ultimately, this is what following the commands of God is. It's just approximating ourselves to the blesser so that we can be blessed. How good is God that every command He gives is to bring us to the fullness of joy and blessing found in Himself. How foolish are we when we turn out of the way of the greatest of blessings. Thanks again for listening to the radio ministry of the Bread of Life. If you want to learn more about us or you want a copy of this or any other broadcast, just go to breadoflifeboise.org and write us your request. Well, I'm blessed to share this word with you today. And I look forward to doing it again. But until then, God bless you.